What happens at laser tag never stays at laser tag. Laser. Laser unfocused tag talk. Laser unfocused tag talk. I feel like you could be like in Ghostbusters or something. Like oh my god, you have got some stories. Let's talk about laser tag. Who knew you were a laser tag legend? Time to get laser unfocused. Tag talk with Tivia. Welcome to Laser Unfocused Tag Talk. Hi, I'm Tivia. If you want to put the social media spotlight on laser tag just in time for International Laser Tag Day, Ryan McQuillan of What to Post shares some professional insights. I'd like to welcome my guest today, Ryan McQuillan, who is an owner of What to Post, and he's going to give us some insights on how laser tag operators can maybe be a little bit more effective with getting some messaging out, especially this month of March, which is a great time for operators to really kind of pump up the jam, so to speak, because laser tag day is coming up, and it's certainly a good window of time to jumpstart things with your business. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking some time. Now, I know that you are all about laser tag. So I'd love to start by just kind of hearing a little bit about your background in laser tag. How'd you get started? Uh, so like um, many current operators, I should I should say, um, I, uh, I played laser tag. Uh, when I was actually a kid, uh, we had a photon center in Louisville, Kentucky, um, and so I was introduced to Photon originally in, I think it was 1986, probably. That sounds about right. And so my very skinny 10-year-old butt trying to haul around all that gear was, I'm sure, hilarious to the real players of Photon. Um, and then from there, um, even, you know, because, you know, Photon went away and it took a little while in the 90s for, uh, you know, more laser tag centers to pop up um, and a really old center called Laser Blaze. Uh, which is unfortunately no longer uh, in existence, um, uh, popped up in 1994, I believe, um, 95, somewhere in there. And a buddy of mine dragged me out to play. And once I got hooked, I was hooked. Uh, played leagues, played all the time, played, we play all night. I mean, I, if I'm, if I'm brutally honest, some of the reason I dropped out of college was I just could not stop playing laser tag after hours until six o'clock in the morning with buddies we didn't drink beer we played <laughs> so it's awkward uh my parents have you know finally come to terms with that um but then, then it became more interesting for me to understand how the business worked because at that time laser blaze was failing terribly um and that just grew into you know, running laser blades with my my mentor and very dear friend Jack Turner, getting to meet Eric Guthrie at Indy, um, and Shane and a lot of the other people originally of the ILTA, Creative Works, all that stuff. Uh, and then eventually strike it out my own because there was nowhere to go. I was the general manager of a location with an owner who was also a general manager of the location. And so it was time to go out and so worked for uh zone uh, zone laser tag, um, both in Europe and here in the States. Uh, worked for Laser Force here in the States, uh, spent some time as the last executive director of the ILTA, uh, and then ran multiple other locations. And just it's it's just laser tag has been involved in everything I've done um since yeah, 1995, 96. Um, and uh, you know, once you've got the bug, you know, it sticks. So now even with what I do since since the company that I own also um, you know, we, we, we work with, uh, fun centers 
And, uh, you know, and the first one was me going, hey, I'm going to call a buddy I know to see if he's interested in, you know, using our service. And of course, it was somebody I met while working with some laser tag. So it's just, you know, again, once once you get sucked into it, you just you can't stop. And here I am. <laughs> I understand that story very well. And uh, definitely you've got a storied background in laser tag and you started with Photon. So I've got to ask, what was your code name and what did it represent? Oh, gosh. You know, I actually don't remember what my photon code name was. That was so long ago. And I went to birthday parties. So, you know, or, or, or I should say I had birthday parties there. Um, so I actually don't remember what my code name was when I was a kid. My my code name from when I started playing when I was 19 and, and forever since has been Obsidian. Okay. And what's behind that name? Nothing whatsoever. Uh, we literally, some friends and I were trying to brainstorm some ideas and we thought it sounded cool enough. Um, and that, and that was that, I think I originally tried to choose a star Wars name from a book and they were like, man, we're already nerdy. Do you want to be that nerdy? And so we settled about obsidian. <laughs> Very good. And out of everything that you've done, what would you say is your biggest claim to fame in laser tag? Um, really, I think it's going to be working with Jack at laser blaze and really taking laser blaze from a failing location and working with him to turn into for for a while, Laser Blaze was just, I mean, it was one of the preeminent laser tag centers in the US. It's for those in the industry, it's very fondly remembered. It, it had one of the largest laser tag arenas in the US. I think we were at uh, 10,200 square feet or somewhere around there. So it was huge multi-level. Just, I mean, that I, I learned every everything I've carried forward. And granted, I've had other mentors and I've learned other things, but the basis for everything that I've done since um since it has been laser blaze all right well let's talk about what you've done since and what you're doing now uh let's kind of segue into your current business what to post and tell us about what the business is and how you're using it to help laser tag operators uh so what to post uh is a social media management company at the to put it very simply Operators and GMs do not have time to run social media of any form on the internet. Um, you know, it's just, it's very time consuming, uh, requires a certain level of creativity and, and planning that somebody who's up against a wall of birthday parties on the weekend, um, you know, whether that's the owner or the general manager um, and skill sets. It's just, there's, it's social media is still very daunting for a lot of people when it comes to how to portray their business um, on Facebook, Instagram, it, keep naming them. I mean, there, you know, there's several uh, social media companies at this point. Um, we started in Facebook. We now do Facebook and Instagram. Um, but at the at the end of the day, our job is to say, okay, you don't have time, and we have a plan. So you want to talk about birthday parties? Great. You want to talk about groups? You want to talk about people coming in and having fun? We form the backbone of the social media strategy, and then do our best to coach the companies that we work with. Uh, to then, you know, peel back the onion and show some fun stuff and share stuff about their employees and things like that to, to be, you know, to, to show the human side of the business. Um, so it's most days quite a lot of fun. And the thing, the nice thing about it is, is that since we're, what we do is sexy on Facebook, whether it's laser tag or trampoline parks or anything else, it's fun to look at which makes our lives much easier because believe me, we've had other clients and it's really hard to make some things look good on Facebook. <laughs> so you're actually doing the content creation for the operators then? 
Yes, we actually create all the content, plan out the strategy, write all the headlines from it's it's soup to nuts. It's absolutely everything. And the thing is, is that if a lot of times someone goes, I don't know what to talk about. We go, okay, well, do you want to talk about this? Birthday parties? Yeah, great. Okay, done. What about this? And every every single quarter of month, we actually will prompt, hey, we know spring break is coming up. Is there anything else you want to talk about? And that's a lot of it is pulling details out. But the reality is most operators, most GMs are so very much concerned with the next weekend that thinking far ahead is very difficult. So a lot of times it's, I think I have something next month. I'll let you know. And they, and then we drag it out of them later and then we just move on. Like it's, you know, again, we're, we're there to be the brain for you. Okay. Well, and I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about um, how maybe you could give some tips to an operator for a, a starting out point. And I, possibly one of the best places would be where you've had success before. So could you talk to me about maybe some uh, successful creative campaigns that you've done already for, for someone in the laser tag industry and how they've worked and, you know, how it's given a boost? Um. So, wow, that's, that's, that's tricky. Because social media, social media, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, social media successes are kind of all over the map. Uh, it depends on what you're going for. What we're going for is to get more eyeballs on somebody's page and business. Um, so, yes, as far as when it comes to laser tag or any of our FEC clients um, or non-FEC clients for that matter, we've always been really successful at getting more eyeballs on the page. I want to say that probably our just in general biggest successes is that we caught the wave at the right time with the transition into um, reels slash TikTok style content um, that started up last year, and luckily we were we were ready for it. So when the transition happened, our entire product actually changed uh, to meet that challenge, and so we were able to we we didn't uh, what's the word looking for we we didn't suddenly find our product. Uh, being relegated to a dinosaur. Um, so all of our clients managed to keep or gain everything they, that they had already when we were able to transition last year. Cause that was a, and I, I can't tell you how that was difficult. And it was uh, shocking because we kept looking at TikTok going, nah, no, come on, no way. No, oh no. <laughs> and then of course, Facebook goes, Oh, we should do that too. And it was like, Oh no. So that, that was a big deal. In, individually, I would say that the real, you know, when, when I, not on the whole, it's really just whenever we've been able to work with a client, laser tag or not, and really clearly put forward some, a really fun piece of content that, that really shows who they are or just really displays the fun. Uh, I think one of my favorite clients that we, used, that, uh, we worked with, laser, tag, uh, laser Tagging Games in Metairie, Louisiana, who's in the process of opening a new location, um, just, the, just that was some real fun Laser Force stuff to put up there. And they had such a storied past that it was also really fun to like show off that, you know, they had been, you know, they had been doing laser tag in the city for, you know, since the 90s. And it was fun to put that kind of stuff out there. So that, and, and that was very successful. Like people really loved that content, really loved that location. So I, I think the takeaway from that is certainly things seem to be moving towards the short, quick, little video, as opposed to something more drawn out and, and lengthy. Would you agree with that? Um, 
Uh, I, I would actually say, no, it depends on what you're trying to put across. Um, actually, right now, mixed content, having a mix of different, I mean, TikTok on its own is very successful. Again, we're, we haven't been into TikTok yet because we're waiting to see how the United States deals with the government, you know, has already, you know, not, you cannot walk into a government building with that on, with your, with that on your phone um, or use it while you're on property. Um, so we're waiting to see what's going to happen with that before we move fully into it. But if platforms like Facebook, um, all different kinds, well, there's a, there's a, there's a place for short form. There's a place for a picture. There's a place for standard horizontal videos, short and long. It really depends on what kind of information you want to put across. Um, and so what we're seeing is that, for example, short form is kind of everywhere, which is the, the real style of the TikTok style content. Um, pictures on Instagram along with the reels are still very, very, very strong on Facebook. A little bit, a little bit of everything is all really great. Um, and then for people who are using YouTube, that is the long form king. If you're doing long form videos on a regular basis, you should be doing stuff on, on YouTube. That's a very powerful thing. And again, those can be shared back to Facebook or created for Facebook as well, but that's where that content tends to live. So everything is useful at this point. It's just, got to be fun and it's got to be interesting if it's one or the other you can kind of get away with it if it's neither you've wasted your time can you give us an example of something that really hits that mark of fun and interesting just something that that comes to mind that you've done maybe um so personally i can say that i i share a lot of reels of concerts i'll when, when you know, as a you know because stuff that comes from a per, from a, a personal place tends to really hit harder than the best marketing pieces do. And that's not, a, that's not a complete rule. It doesn't always work that way, but uh, people know they're being marketed to and you have to be very careful, you know, and so those, those don't travel quite as far most of the time, but um, I've shared uh, numerous concerts and, you know, just little short bits and pieces and those really seem to get out there from a business perspective. It really is genuine stuff. Uh, so like, for example, I've got a client who works with FECs who does arcade stuff and what he's recording is just how to help people. Um, and that's really, really, really powerful people just having fun with, there's no necessary, there's no, there's no, um, strong message saying buy my thing. Um, the, the message is just, this is a place where people can have fun. Um, and that's evident in the piece of content. Um, that stuff seems to do really, really, really well. Um, it's, it's really, it's, you have to be very careful. That it's really about mixing the just for fun stuff with the please buy my things stuff and, and shape and shaping the content to do whatever you need it to do. Um, it's, it's, it's both simpler and more complicated than most people realize. So if my answers seem to kind of swing a little bit, it's because social media is, it's a heck of a thing to wrap your arms around. It sounds like a lot of it is not so much. It, it, don't tell me about your product. Show me how somebody right. loves it. Right. That is, that is actually, a, that's an excellent way of putting it. Well, thank you. That's a soundbite. Right there. <laughs> Now, I'd love to hear about some of the really out-of-the-box ideas that you've seen operators execute that have worked out well. Um, or maybe which ones have missed the mark also, but something that, uh, you know, really is different come to mind? Um, 
oh, wow, I absorbed so much content that it's a great big snake mess of things right now. I, I can tell you that we're the missing of the mark um, tends to be it. So a lot of operators get hamstrung by the fact they want to get a lot of information out to people. They don't know the best way to do it. They don't know how to create a video or a reel or anything. And so what they do is they take a picture of something or they get just a blank square or rectangle of something and they dump a whole bunch of information on it in text and they put it out to the public and they don't know why they do that and it doesn't go anywhere. Um, and they're, well, no, well, but I, I, I put it all there. I don't know what happened. And that's because Facebook happens to know that people hate that. Uh, so Facebook won't share that very often. Um, you have to get very lucky for that kind of thing to actually go anywhere. And people will put a lot of effort into that. Um, so that's that's a big fail. And again, it's because it's, well, I don't know how else to do this. How do I make it look good? What do I, they don't think about that. They just dump everything onto it, throw it into Facebook and cross their fingers and usually nothing happens. Um, on the opposite scale of that, um, Usually it's going to be, it's an, an operator will work to put a piece of marketing content out and then one of their staff will film people having fun and put no message and put it out there. And that thing will take off like a rocket and that marketing piece hits Facebook or Instagram or anything else with a thud. Um, and so again, it's, it's part of the knowing how to mix those two things together or to to, or, to, or to be okay with the fact that the fun stuff is going to is going to just go, and that because the fun stuff goes, more people are more likely to find you and eventually find their way back to the regular market pieces. Now, you just said Facebook won't share it, and I know that's probably a, an abbreviated way of putting it. But um, right when you create something, how does it get out there? What and what uh, control do you have over how it gets out there? Uh, so the reality is, is that we don't have a lot of control uh, as the algorithm rules all and every single platform has its own algorithm. And it's really due to the fact that these platforms are huge. Facebook has 2.2 billion daily users, not total users, active users every single day surfing Facebook upwards of up to six hours a day. And so you're talking about a lot of people on the platform a lot of the time. And it's not just your friends that are trying to talk to you, but then businesses like any business that tries to talk to you is competing for that same space to try to get in front of your eyeballs. Um, and that's before you start paying to get in front of people with your stuff. So the, the first thing is, is that the way all the platforms work is that they want to put stuff in front of you that makes you happy. Because if you don't like what you see and you see too much of what you don't like, you are not going to log back into the platform. The second thing is, is that they are only going to show something that is X hours old because there's so much being created all the time that unless it is a piece of content that people are really, really going gaga over, once a piece of content hits X hours, in the case of Facebook, it's about four hours no one's going to see it unless they go to your page and find that piece of content. So what we spend a lot of what we've spent a lot of time doing is number one, Facebook actually talks to us. They when you're a creator and you you work with a enough pages and b you've spent a lot of time working within their systems, they find you and say, hey, by the way, 
here's a paper on how things work on Facebook right now. And it changes. Um, not everything is put out there for us to understand, but the, the, the broad strokes Facebook tells us. And so like that four hour thing comes from Facebook itself saying, hey, look, if nobody comments on this piece of content, we're done. Um, in the case of other things, Facebook is, has put the information out there that says people don't like uh, pictures with text all over them because they can't absorb the information. It's, it's kind of an assault, especially when you're looking at a mobile device, um, which most people are now, that's how they interact with all the social platforms. Um, you know, they're, they're the ones, even though we had started noticing on our own that we needed to shake up the content, because for years, Facebook said, make us a video, make us a video, make us a video. Like that was what they were hammering on. Um, when they switched over to Reels, they said, yeah, throw some pictures and some other things too, that would be great because they recognized that people were kind of sick of seeing the same thing over and over and over. And again, and again, unlike TikTok, um, it's not, you know, TikToks are under 60 seconds, um, like reels are, it's not fast absorbing. You don't just, you don't beta state and flick and just watch things and skip things like that. Facebook is different the way it, it, it presented that stuff to you at that time. Um, so there's a lot of it. Facebook is, is upfront about, but with creators, the average operator, doesn't ever see this information. And the thing that really stymies a lot of operators is that Facebook's uh, kind of golden rule is, is that you should be serving content regularly, like several times a day, like tweeting, uh, like, you know, like Twitter, Instagram, most of these platforms suggest you share multiple times a day because the content, um, uh, you know, kind of dies off. There's a point in which it's, they stop serving the content anymore unless people are actually interacting with it. Um, the fact is, is like, for example, my habit is in the morning when I get up, I will spend about 15 minutes looking at Facebook. That's it, you know, usually 7 a.m. And then I will pop in other times during the day, but usually that's work-related. And then at the end of the day, right before I go to bed, let's say 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I do the same thing, 15 to 30 minutes looking at what's going on. In the middle of the day, I'm mostly dormant. Well, if you start a piece of content at one o'clock in the afternoon and I don't log in until nine something, I will very likely not see your content. So Facebook is actually saying, hey, you should be serving multiple pieces of content every day because you're trying to hit people at different times. And again, that's just in a day. Some people don't look at Facebook every single day. So in order to actually reach people, you're kind of trying to hit different times and different pieces of media and all kinds of, because you're trying to, to grab as many people in as you can. And a lot of operators are like, oh gosh, that seems like that would really freak people out. And it's like, well, that's just it. You as the operator see everything. You look at your page and you're like, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff. Oh, it's overwhelming. The casual person on the internet doesn't see all that stuff because of the different times they come on. And again, you know, they'd have to come search you out to find all of your stuff. So it's, there's a, there's a lot of, we, we find ourselves part of what we do when we work with clients um, or anyone who just reaches out and asks questions. And we spend a lot of time trying to educate people about there's a lot of misunderstandings about how social media works. And to even talk about the, the algorithm beyond what we just talked about um, starts to get into behaviors and how, you know, how certain behaviors are served by it. And the thing is, is that there's a point at which even our understanding just, you know, my brain turns off because you're talking about a, an artificial intelligence making decisions. I don't know all the nuances. There's literally millions of them. Okay. 
Well, have I bored you to tears yet? (laughs) No, actually, this is really interesting to me because the the back end of all that has Mm. really always been kind of a mystery to me. And I think that that sheds a lot of light and and also kind of illustrates why sometimes you can put something out there and just feel like you're banging your head against the wall because uh, of things that you don't even know what the wall is. So I, I think that's very interesting. Now, clearly it's a good idea to put things out on the regular basis, but there are probably some key windows of time where maybe you can use something as a catalyst or an excuse to hype something up or make something more out of it. And I feel like we're coming up on a window of time where there's an opportunity for operators to maybe uh, do a little bit more to spotlight the industry and their part in it. International Laser Tag Day. It's coming up later this month. It's marked annually on March 28th, which as a Photon player, you know, that is the anniversary of the first commercial laser tag business, which is Photon, invented by George Carter III and opening in Dallas in 1984, 39 years ago. So all that history said now. How can operators use this occasion this year and maybe uh, in years going forward to bring some added attention to their laser tag attraction? Uh, so the first thing they should do is that there's, though it's national or international laser tag day, pardon me, uh, the reality is, is there's no reason not to make the center of your business. And again, it's going to be different for anyone who's running their, you know, just laser tag up to full FECs running laser tag. But to make laser tag the center of your of your business this month is an absolute great time to do it because international laser tag day is a great uh, opportunity. Um, to put a li- at least let people know a little bit more about what you do um, and to really just express how much fun laser tag is. Uh, so, you know, some of it, it can be as simple as come play with us on, on International Laser Tag Day and by offering some kind of deal or highlighting something that you already may be doing on a regular basis on that. Because if, cor- if I'm correct, it's a, the 28th is a Tuesday, I want to say. Yes. Um, and um and on top of that, it's a chance for you to share your own laser tag history. Um, you know, even if even if you've just opened in the last couple of months or even opening this month, if you have laser tag at your facility, you probably have your own laser tag journey, as evidenced by the very ridiculously long laser tag journey I mentioned at the very beginning of the show. And of course, your own laser tag journey. So the fact is, is that sharing sharing pictures of when you play laser tag or you whether it's that location or another uh, laser tag location, it's filming both horizontal and vertical video in your laser tag arena, in your vesting room, calling a game, any one of those things and showing people's excitement. Um, and the messaging should be very simple. This is a great month to enjoy laser tag. Let's celebrate this incredibly fun thing um, that we can do. Point out that it's a great way to get your heart rate up. It's a great way to get some physical exercise. That it's a that it is really you know it's an almost all ages um, game that people can play, um, and to not overthink it. It doesn't have to be a great big tangled web of on this day we're going to do this thing and on this day we're going to do this thing. It, it's just here's a deal for laser tag this month. Or again, you don't have to offer anything except for the fun experience of it, and you should really. Just show why your facility has laser tag. There's love somewhere in there. Display that. Be honest with people and, sh- and peel back the layers. And, you know that you know we have laser tag because laser tag is just awesome. No matter what, no matter what, it's yeah, it makes money, 
but it's just awesome. Show it off. If you're genuine, that's what connects with people. Absolutely. And I love the idea of hearing some of those stories of people involved in your local facilities, because that goes back to what you were saying in the beginning, that that personal touch uh, makes more of an impact than just selling a product. Right. And it's real easy to, again, tell, ask a laser tag player, even someone who's only played for a month to tell you, tell the, to tell the camera about their favorite game or their favorite people to play tag with, or the favorite style of game that they play at your facility or any number of things. It's not hard. I mean, even, even the most birthdays and birthdays places that really only focus on birthday parties for laser tag still usually have some players who they see on a regular basis and they know they're going to see. It's not hard to ask, hey, man, what's your favorite game? Tell us about it. Or tell us about the best game you've ever played or the time that you got the high score. Just, you know, give us anything. Shoot that, throw it into a reel, process it or don't process it. Put some music on it, put some stickers on it, shake up what it looks like. Or, or again, don't. Just get it out there. And the simple message is of just come, come get this experience by just coming to our location. It's very powerful. I love the idea of profiling some of your uh, regular members because not only is that going to show, hey, look at somebody who's really enjoying it, but also it seems like they'd be likely to help you spread the word. It seems like uh, that would be a natural share. Good good regular players or members are always assets. And, and I think that we can say, we, you know, and you'll know who not to talk to because everyone's also got bad members or bad regulars. <laughs> And you'll know not to talk to those people. <laughs> well, it's fair enough. And I think the operators <laughs> already know what they're dealing with on that front. But there's lots of great members out there who are just so right. enthusiastic. And I think anybody who uh, has happened through this podcast is a great example of many of them sharing the love of laser tag for years. And so, right. um, you know, there's got to be a reason behind that. And you named a few of them and uh, actually were on the same page with me because laser tag has so many benefits for fun and for fitness from being great exercise, burning calories, encouraging sportsmanship and team building skills, uh, social skills and reducing screen time are just a few off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to know okay. about ways that maybe you could incorporate those messages? Any of those really grab you as something that you can really uh, dig into and get out there? I mean, really, any of them are really great because it's it's a matter of come have fun and gain a benefit. Um, it, it's, it's again, it's it keep it, it. It's the kiss thing. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, again, don't overthink it. You know, if you if you put a piece of content out there highlighting all the benefits and come play today, it's only five ninety five. It's like, oh, my gosh. What have you done? Don't do that. Just go, come have, you know, come have a great time and gain this side benefit, you know, and it can be any of those or, you know, and then you can hashtag some of the other things uh, to kind of incorporate them without putting them in the main part of the message. Um, you know, if you're going to be, uh, if you have time to plan, a, you know, a benefit, let's say a benefits of laser tag series, um, then, you know, this is the time for it. So you could produce a piece of content that's um, a little bit more geared towards the benefit. But again, you want to avoid the hard sell. Uh, you want to keep everything very soft and social, which is, again, where uh, a, forgotten, uh, a forgotten part of the whole piece of social media marketing is that everything should be social. Um, and so, you know, uh, coming from a place of education, 
you know, if you if you want to take that stance, I prefer to go from the fun stance, but there are definitely the right times for leaning into the educational side of things, especially for those who are newer to the market, um, you know, to go, hey, laser tag isn't just a lot of fun. It's these things too. Um, come enjoy a game. And again, no, you don't have to, you know, book something today. Ah, no, 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 just come have fun with us. Um, I'm trying to think if there's really, and again, it doesn't mean you can't ever say those things. It's just, you know, when you're leaning into something fun like this and it's got a holiday, embrace the fun of it first. Worry about the rest of it. Um, again, and also remember that you may share some really great content this month and you may not see a lot, unnecessarily a lot of people show up this month but they may show up next month or the month after or later in the year because they saw it and they enjoyed it. And they did eventually think of you because that's how marketing works. Marketing isn't necessarily a, I put out a great piece of content today, tomorrow, that's when the money comes in, right? So now marketing works. Um, you gotta, you gotta get drill into their soft little brain and burrow away in there for a while. And eventually they'll, they'll pick up the phone or they'll show up and, and they'll be able to, sometimes they'll remember, not always, but sometimes they'll remember what piece of content. And if it was just a fun piece of content, you'll know. They'll, they'll, they'll usually be able to tell you. Well, I think with all marketing, you're really planting seeds and you know right. all about the social media end of things. I personally work in radio. So when I'm shaping a campaign for a client, I'm always thinking about what's going to grab attention, what's going to grab right. the ear, especially, and uh, how can you identify what makes your business different from the nearest competitor? So even though social media is your forte, I wonder if you've got thoughts about how that could translate over into some tips for traditional media. Um. So, so for traditional media, ooh, see, that's that's tricky. It's it's all so obviously you have a great handle on radio and you just describe exactly. And the thing is, a lot of we actually do a lot of the same things when we can. The our limitations usually is about the client understanding their business enough to enunciate what makes them so different. A lot of times, you know, someone says, "Well, I do these things." Well, what makes you different than the guy down the road? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes. It's great to work with the laser tag. So they go, oh, yeah, we have the largest laser tag arena in the state. Oh, that's awesome. Really cool. Tell me all about that. Um, or, um, you know, sometimes the fact that they've got the newest piece of equipment on, you know, for that for that area. Where we have the newest laser tag. Or we have laser tag that does this or that or the other. Um, the, the reality is, is that the social component is a little bit more prominent in social media, but everything you described from old school media still really does apply. It's just the difference is, is that we have less attention span to deal with. Um, and because, you know, we're, we, you know, like when you are consuming radio or television, the commercials are in between the good juicy stuff, right? The program, right, is what's, is where those messages happen. On Facebook and Instagram and, and any other social media, we are the programming and are the commercial at the same time. And so that's why, you know, if I, when I say I'm emphasizing the social, it's the reason that the, the balance has to skew way more towards the fun, way more towards the social than it does to the actual marketing piece, because what you're programming to your page is everything. It is those things together. And it, that's why the balance is, is so, it's so important to really be, at the end of the day, the best thing to be possible would be the 80% social even things that aren't involved uh, with your business, uh, celebrating uh, a holiday, uh, another holiday, a fun holiday that's maybe adjacent to your business. Like, you know, Nash, um, there's Arcade Day and things like that. There's a lot of fun social media um, uh, uh, 
holidays that you can kind of grab hold of. Um, sharing things that are about your local community is also really, really powerful as well. You can, you can plug it into a lot of those things. Um, and then that 20% is where your real heavy marketing message exists. We try really hard to keep everything light and fun all the time and just market very lightly. Because if you're aggressive, you see, you can look at the interaction the page gets and you can see when you've been too heavy um, because people tune out. Um, so in, in general, we see that when we keep everything light and fluffy all the time, we have a much better chance of getting in front of eyeballs than if we just, you know, again, and, it, and it's very, it's very easy for an operator. And, and it, this doesn't matter the industry. It doesn't matter what they're trying to sell to be like, Hey, come buy my thing today. Come buy my thing today. Come buy my thing today. What they don't realize is where's the fun stuff around your commercial. If everything's a commercial, everyone tunes out. Very well put. Well, bringing this back around to where you started, because your experience in the laser tag world certainly gives you a very unique perspective on how to kind of help others to promote their business, but it also probably means that you have a few stories. And that's what this okay. podcast started all about. And okay. I want to hear some stories. So I would love if we could take this around to what is your best laser tag story ever? Hmm. <clears throat> best laser tag story ever. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you if you will, uh, maybe, uh, more clearly define that question because I have best laser tag story of something that is kind of naughty. I've got great laser tag stories of playing and winning things. I've got great laser tag stories of ridiculous customers. I have all kinds of stories. I want to hear your best your in each of those categories. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, okay. So my best, what was a, what was a customer thinking story? Um, and I think that we're well past the point where this could ever get me to trouble, uh, is we had, um, because the laser laser blaze had a two story field and it was a photon field originally. And in the design of photon fields was an area called the well, the engine room. Um, in our case, because there was no longer Photon, we had Lasertron and then we had a Zone, we had put our base targets up inside of this well. It was basically like a big circle, like four feet wide that you could look from the second floor down to the first floor and vice versa. But for the most part, it was for second floor players to shoot down and tag people on the first floor. Um, and so we put our bases in there and we weren't happy with the way the base targets were, were gonna work because we had just upgraded a Zone and their targets were, were set up so that they really needed to be in a space that had a lot of clearance around them. So we built, we basically put a platform inside of that well and mounted the base on top so you could look up into the well and see it, but it meant you couldn't see down anymore. We thought that won't be a big deal. So the platform sat a few inches down inside the well. We had some camouflage netting strung over it that kind of pushed down into it and all was well. Till one evening, uh, players came out and a guy, uh, one of my staff literally watched the young gentleman ran straight up my L ramp and they're already saying, Hey, slow down, slow down. And he dove into the well <laughs> and broke <No>. his leg. <sighs> it was four feet high. So there was no way. Uh, he claimed he, um, 
that, you know, he didn't do any of those things. He didn't, he didn't jump. He didn't run. He didn't do anything. He just fell into it. Dude wasn't even six feet tall. There's no way he fell into my, into my hole that was four feet off of the ground, but he did. And the staff person literally watched this guy dive. So that was, that's probably my, my, I don't say if it's my favorite, but it's the one that stands out of what was that customer thinking? I can't believe they did that story. Um, all right, let's do naughty next. Okay. <laughs> this is where it always gets good. Oh man. Um, well, there was a time period where for reasons that I don't quite understand, uh, a local strip club thought it would be a really great idea to host an event at our facility. And as a mostly male run facility, you can imagine the conversation going on behind the scenes of, is that something we really feel comfortable doing? What do you think? I don't know what's going on because of course money's money, but at the same time, reputation is very important also. And this was pre, granted this was pre social media. So, I mean, Nowadays, the answer would be a clear and concise, oh my gosh, no, because the, the minute somebody is in there and their strippers playing, they need your tag, that's going to get around really fast. This was probably about the time the internet started to become a thing where I think we may have had a website at that point. So, you know, it was a long time ago. And we were just like, we like money. And, you know, of course, the younger guys are like, and I admit I was a younger guy, but strippers... Um, and while we're debating this, um, this, 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 this was kind of going on at the same time that, uh, we were selling some games on a Friday night and a young lady came in and was giving us her code name because we have Lasertron. You put your code name in the system as you move them along and she gave us her code name, um, which I believe was Tiggle Biddies. And I didn't say anything cause I was used to, and I was like, look, we can't, we can't use that code name it's gonna have to be something else why well because there are other people children playing also and we're family friendly so something else okay and she goes well do you want to know why i put the code name and i said not really okay and just made sure to lift everything on the counter for me because she was short and had to make sure that i knew she was apparently a stripper who had just gotten her brand new boobs and wanted to make sure that everybody knew that she had brand new boobs, including basically putting her breasts into people's hands as she walked the facility, including when we were putting the vest on her because she was struggling because she was a little ballooned. Um, and um, yeah, my, my, my marshals were both happy and horrified at the exact same time. It was very, very awkward and very odd. And again, stands out for obvious reasons because that's just not a common occurrence in a laser tech facility. No, nope, so, can't say I've come across that. <laughs> no. Um, and let's see, my favorite, I would have to say, would be, um, gosh, oh, there's so many laser tech stories. Um, my favorite game of any system of all time is a game called Vampire that we, I'm not sure who made it up in my in my facility, and it's gone on to become a game in other systems over the years in, to various degrees of success. But the idea behind the game was that because we, again, Lasertron back then, um, gosh, I know Eric Guthrie's going to cry that I've said Lasertron so many times in, just in this podcast. Hi, Eric. Uh, but um, you at that time, um, vests didn't change colors. You had, you had solid color vests, and that's just the color they were. So we had green and red vests. And uh, we've somebody figured out, it was definitely not me, this was before I started even working at Laser Place, uh, somebody figured out that we could charge the green vests in a team game, which gave you 40 shots and 10 lives. Um, 
basically turn off uh, turn off the antenna um, and get the vests far enough away from the from the uh, radio system that you could basically keep those vests running in the game so they didn't get the kill signal. And then we could turn on a red vest with unlimited lives and unlimited shots. So what you ended up with is 19 alive vests and one vampire. And we would turn all the lights off, which uh, is a big insurance no-no, um, and play completely in the pitch black field. Um, and what would happen is, is that once your vest got shot, you know, would either either you shot out your shots or you got tagged enough times to die, you could go hang up that vest, grab a red, grab a red vest of the same number that was infinite set up. And then you were also a vampire and people would trade out as the game went on until there was one person left standing or until time ran out. Um, those were the most wild and crazy, insane games where people hid inside of um, the the old uh, corrugated sewer tubing that Lasertron used to put in arenas. We had clusters of those around the arena on the first floor to, you know, to kind of, because lasers could shoot further. When we got Lasertron, they could when they were photon. Um, and um, people would, you know, try to find a way to, to climb up something and hide. People, we would sprint. Um most of the time, the owners didn't know that. Some of the times they did. Um, I mean, people would get, I mean, it was absolutely insane, but these games were just so much fun. And I remember being a player who they had a really hard time finding me. I was really good at hiding the arena. <laughs> and so I survived a lot of vampire games. Um, and it was just a hoot to hear people screaming, we can't find Obi. Where's Obi? We don't know what's going on. And me, you know, trying not to giggle somewhere because my dumb 22-year-old ass was, you know, hiding in a really bizarre location. And they were just, I mean, those games were a heck of a lot of fun. And again, the, you, you, that was the only way you could make that game really run the right way. Again, many other manufacturers tried to create that game later and it just wasn't the same. Wasn't the same. But yeah, that's that's my favorite laser tag. That's some pretty cool stories. You also said you had one about your favorite victory moment. Ooh, okay. Um, I mean, it's a really, it's a really small victory. Um, and what I mean by that is that, so, uh, there, there was a time period where, um, some arenas around the U S um, this is before Armageddon, um, tried to, uh, for those who are wondering are the Armageddon tournament, <laughs> uh, just Maybe we case. can explain what it is. I'm an Armageddon yeah. tournament I know what you player, know what it is. Not everybody is familiar. Um, but the the we were trying to come up with like a you know the Lasertron itself didn't really support a national tournament, um, but there were a lot of people who were very serious players around the U.S. that really wanted to have one. Um, and so basically, for a few years, different fields in the U.S. just kind of had their own tournaments. None of them made any money. It, the whole point was just to keep the, the player base happy. And at that time, this was pre-birthday parties being the way to run your laser tag facility. So members were the core audience at that point. And um, so I'd say that the sweetest victory was we played a tournament in Lubbock, Texas. Um, we, my team, we actually sent two teams uh, from Louisville. Um we had no money and we mostly, I want to say we drove from Kentucky to Texas, um, which is, I could not do that today. Uh, not without many stops. Uh, I think we drove almost all the way through and uh, 
we uh, the team that the we were the second we were the backup team basically we were the we were the not as not top tier players from our we were the second best players on one team and all the best players were on the other team at least that was the story until we actually beat them in Lubbock um, and went on to the finals where we lost to the best Lubbock team except for we didn't lose. Um, so the victory was we actually were winning that game, but one of the vests was not properly communicating score. Uh. And the owner literally went, oh, look, Lubbock wins, and just shut the whole tournament down and threw us all out. Um, and even the number one team was like, we didn't win. That guy did, like, the points were on his vest. So we knew that those points weren't added into the to the game. It was a glitch. But literally, the, the grain of whether or not people remember this or not, I'm wondering if some of the Lubbock players will be like, whoa, that didn't happen. It did. <laughs> we still had a blast. It was a heck of a lot of fun, and we knew we won. But it was absolutely bananas. I mean, and it may not even be the finals. I think we maybe beat them in the semifinals, but then they went on. So I think, yeah, that's what happened. They went on to play Lubbock-Lubbock, and they beat the other Lubbock team. But it was still, like, it was, it was a really cool, like, both of those games were super intense and very, very close. And just that was, um, if I could, I don't know if that, if that laser Tron still exists. It was a laser Tron in Lubbock, Texas. That was still one of the best laser laser tag fields I've ever played on. It was only a one story field and it was just so well laid out and so much fun to play. So I don't, I don't really have a huge heroic victory because the, my style of play was to be very defensive. And so, I didn't go out and get a lot of points. My job was to make sure that I just took away points from their team. So I was mostly a player playing in a position just to snipe people and go, nope, you can't come over here. Nope, nope, deny, deny. That's all I did. There are other people who went in and got the glory, so to speak. Okay. Well, that sounds like a pretty cool, uh, you know, victory nonetheless. And sometimes it's just, <laughs> sometimes it's what you know yourself happened that uh, you take home with you and, uh, and you right. carry through all the years. But, um, I like to wrap things up with some rapid fire tag talk and you kind of almost addressed a couple of my questions, but what do you say? You game for some quick questions to you and some quick answers back. Sure. All right. Rapid fire tag talk. Other than laser blaze, what's your favorite laser tag arena to play? Uh, 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 not there anymore. Um, I would say laser web, uh, formerly of, of Cincinnati, Ohio was probably one of my favorite fields. There are a lot of them, but that one still stands out. All right. Favorite game format? Um, standard team. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say vampires there. Uh, coolest place that you've ever traveled for laser tag? Uh, that would be uh, England. Um, I spent, uh, I would say, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say England, but I'm going to have to clarify that. Specifically, uh, Scotland. The Cliffs of Mohair. Coolest person that you've ever met through laser tag. Oh, wow. Um, I don't have a quick answer to that one. I've met so many people. And, um, ah, crap, my, my mind is completely blank on that one. Um, really, all the guys and all the men and women that I played laser tag with for many, many years in Louisville, um, we're not all close friends necessarily anymore, but the fact is, is that they shaped a lot of who I became later in my life. And uh, all those people were just really, for the most part, really awesome people. So uh, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. 
That's fair enough. Biggest prize or souvenir that you ever won? Um, no souvenirs. And prizes would have to be that third place finish that Lubbock tournament. Okay. Best player to hang out with in or out of a game? That'd be my buddy Defiant, um, who is one of my best friends still to this day. So I have to admit that the fact that I'm the godfather to his children um, and I'm his wife's second husband. So, um, yeah, he, he, he'd have to win. Favorite brand of we never run in the arena shoes. Nikes. All righty. And favorite snack at the concession stand. Ooh, cheese sticks. Oh, good one. Yeah. Too tasty. Very good. Well, that's all the rapid fire tag talk I have. Do you have any final thoughts to share? Um, I mean, to wrap things up on the whole social media thing is just be real. Uh, don't try too hard. Um, and if you're struggling with what to do and don't have time, you don't have to call me. I like it. I love it. It'd be wonderful. But just get help because, again, with that many people tuning in every single day to social media, it's too important to not have an active Facebook, Instagram any of those presences, you you, you got to take advantage. It's cheap when it comes when it comes to compared to the cost of radio, television. Sorry, you're in radio, but compared, comparatively speaking, it's a lot less expensive to reach a lot of people. Well, I think you've offered some really cool tips for operators to take advantage of. I hope that they do. I hope they maximize everything they can, especially this month, leading into, again, International Laser Tag Day coming up on March 28th, this year and every year. So use that to the hilt. And I want to thank you, Ryan McQuillan, owner of What to Post, for sharing some great thoughts. Thank you so much, Ryan, for taking some time with me today for some Laser Unfocused Tag Talk. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for checking out this episode of Laser Unfocused Tag Talk. Listen for more episodes on the first and third Friday of each month. Want to be a guest on an upcoming episode? Find out more and follow my blog and website at TiviaChickLovesLaserTag.com.